0: Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts.
1: Welcome to Opinions, and it's our look back at the year in beer. I know, looking forward to this. I am, in, indeed. And also, all, it's been a lot of beer drunk.
0: It's been a lot of beer drunk, but I'm also very much looking forward to the beers that we've chosen to drink this evening yeah. as would, well. When you
1: say we've chosen...
0: That I decided that we (laughs) would drink for this week's show. So um, I'm going to put a shout out straight away because I saw this on the Beer Channel. I saw saw Johnny and Brad do this on the Beer Channel and I really liked the concept of what they were doing. So I wanted to recreate that this evening. So what we've got for your listening pleasure (laughs) this week is we're drinking three... Um, whiskey barrel-aged stouts, each which have been aged in a different type of whiskey barrel. So we've got um, Harvestoon's Oladu 12, which has been aged in Scotch whiskey barrels. Mm -hmm. We've got 200 Fathoms from Galway Bay, which has been aged in Irish whiskey barrels. Mm -hmm. And then we've got Goose Island's Bourbon Canties. Bourbon, <laughs> you did it. I did. Trying to be so disciplined. Did, Goose, you, have it, did you have it in head? Must not say Bourbon. Must not, must, must not say Bourbon. Must not say biscuits. Must not say biscuits. Goose Island's bourbon canties <laughs> stout um, from 2015, which has obviously been aged in bourbon bar- barrels. Yes. So we're going to be drinking the three of those to see if we can pick up the variances between the different types of whiskey barrel aging. Um and we've got a little joker in the, in, in the pack as well, haven't
1: we? Yeah, because uh, obviously the, the, I had the, uh, the Oladu 12-year-old in my, in, my, in my cellar. And I also then said, well, I also have Highland Park. So this was uh, distilled in 1998 and uh, bottled in 2010. So being in a barrel for 12 years. So I feel it's a fairly close match to what the Oladu would have been barrel aged in.
0: Okay, so we'll be finishing with that then. We'll be finishing with that. Won't, won't we? Yes. Um, those
1: I'm, are, I'm very well, much looking forward to it because I haven't opened this bottle. Okay, so that's, that's getting Highland broken Park open tonight. Tonight, live.
0: Live. And um, probably being wholly unappreciated by me. <laughs> if, if, if people remember back to when you made me drink gin and, and, and what that did to me. Um, so yeah, I think it's quite an interesting experiment. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. I mean, when you I, I
1: tell me about it, I purposely didn't watch the Craft Beer Channel because I wanted to do our bit and then go back to see what the Craft Beer Channel guys did as yeah. well.
0: And if anybody wants to do the same, there's there's a link in the show notes to, to, to the video on the Craft Beer Channel. Go across and have a look at it, because obviously they've got slightly different palettes to us, and they've got slightly different views on, on the drinking. And, and, they're a little and, bit, and, we're, and we're not on it. And they're a little bit more professional. <laughs> I don't think they drink as much as we're about to. I don't know. I, what,
1: did you see them when they did the one as the uh, they did the thing in the in the place they bought for the Beer Merchants Bar? No. Yeah, they drunk quite a lot of lambics okay. and sours, so professional sometimes. Okay.
0: So let's, because um, we've already got the first one in, in we the have. glass, because we wanted to let it breathe a bit, and um, we had some discussion about the order to do them in. Now, yeah. now normally common sense would dictate that you start off with the harvest stone because it's only 8%. Yeah. Then you'd do the 200 <laughs> Sorry, fathoms. I like that, only 8%. <laughs> then you'd do the 200 fathoms at, at 10%, and then move up to the Bourbon County at nearly 15%. Yeah.
1: But because we have also got the accompanying whiskey with it, I think we have to do the do with the whiskey. So I think that we still finish with it. Now, I, I'm i confident that there's still enough flavour profile in the do even with the, the lower ABV, but we will find out.
0: And we've got plenty of water to... We to have got we have have plenty of water
1: because we are professional. We are indeed. So
0: this uh, first one up this evening is the... Um, Galway Bay and Teeling Whiskey, two hundred fathoms. This is a two hundred, um, not two hundred. This is two thousand sixteen release, um, and this was uh, this was a gift uh, to me from from Wayne and Jared uh, at the Irish beer Snops.
1: And I think this is the only time I have tried it before myself is when they were over here last year and we had our bottle share extra carnage. <coughs> yes, very much so.
0: It's um, now the nose on that is incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh... Not really getting the whiskey off it at the moment, but getting like slight hints of dark fruit, actually, for me. A little bit of dark
0: chocolate, maybe a little bit of leather in there as as well.
1: Oh, that's thick, isn't it? Mm -mm.
0: That's the first thing I thought, actually, was, wow. It's
1: not even a hot chocolate in mouthfeel.
0: Well, I, I said when I opened it, and the, the, the instant whiff that I got out of the bottle as I was pouring it into the glasses, brought back these memories of um, chocolate liqueurs at Christmas, and, uh, and my dad just sitting and eating his way through a bottle. Actually, of do you know what?
1: Because I was never—I to admit—I was never a massive fan of chocolate liqueurs. I never really understood them, but I do know what you're saying. Yeah. Do you know what? Because I, I, as as I often do, I looked back and untapped remembered I'd had it. And mm. I have I've written, actually written down quite extensive notes, bearing in mind the night it was, but it was taking place. <laughs> you did um, well. I did well. Um, and I wrote down, I got a hint of marzipan, and, and whatever gave me the marzipan that time round, put me right off, because it's mm. one of those flavours, a bit like the coconut fruits, that kind of thing. Um, not getting any of that now.
0: But that would have been, that would have been fairly fresh. Yeah. Because if that was when Wayne and Janice were over, that was April 2016. It so, was, so that would have only been in the bottle a matter of weeks, Yeah, it was a
1: fairly new release. And I'm just wondering, there's no marzipan connected with it. There it was obviously something which triggered, for me, that olfactory whole thing coming back to you and mm. saying, there's marzipan, and then straight away, as soon as you get an aroma or a flavor you don't like, you, you can't shake it, can you?
0: No, it's there, isn't it? Yeah, It just hangs.
1: It. And it, nothing else I could do about it. Also, obviously, we were sharing one 500ml bottle among about... Ten of us that night? Yeah. Easily ten of us that night. And I night. still think
0: that has an impact on what you taste and, and, and what, you, what you smell from a beer. I think the smaller the pour, the less you're actually getting from that. I mean, we've got...
1: We've got a very good a pour. Half a glass. Half a glass yeah. in, in, a very, in one of the smaller teku glasses as well. So you're getting a real concentrated aroma at the top, aren't you? Yeah. And I think you really notice that.
0: I think the glasses are working perfectly for this beer. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're back in, back in our studio in Licorice in, in the Shenfield. We are indeed. And Dan, as ever, has looked after us. He's left us a few nice teku glasses, supplied us with water. So I think that's maybe for his benefit, actually. He's given us the water. <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much again to, to Dan. In, uh, you know if, if you are passing through Shenfield for any reason... I, I can vouch for both their spirit, wine, and their ever-growing craft beer selection. Yeah, actually, beer selection is incredible. Right? Yeah, and good prices. Yeah, very good prices. Buy four get a discount. I think as well. Uh, yeah, also available. Magic Rock Cannibal. Yeah, which Steve hasn't bought for the last two recordings. We've been here as well. It's because I've got a fridge full at the moment because it's oh, nearly Christmas. Oh yeah, you've just got green, haven't you? Yes, you get confused between Cannibal and Holly, don't you? I just like to fill my fridge up full of green. <laughs> yes.
0: um, so it's gonna take us a while to get through these beers tonight it because, is. because they are big and they are thick as well. Yeah, but they deserve, um, I think
1: they actually deserve a little bit of time as well.
0: And for all of our regular listeners that were a little bit upset with the two sub-hour shows that they've had recently, <laughs> <laughs> buckle up because <laughs> <laughs> you're in for a long one.
1: Exactly. Um yeah.
0: So, mate, what have you been up to since, because the last time we actually recorded was in Sheffield, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, waiting for our
1: train. Waiting for our train, yes, while we were... Yeah. so that was a good recording, actually. I enjoyed that. And, you know, again... And the Pints of Jaipur that the you The Pints of Jaipur, which I'll reference again later, maybe. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, no, I, trying, I was trying to think about and I don't think I've done too many uh, beer events, because I didn't make the last bottle share. No. Because I suddenly I had to go to work out work, really yeah. work, so I was away for a couple of days. So I missed out on that. Um, I've done a few... You know, we're in that season now where you get together with people... I had a few very pleasant pints in um, one of the spoons in London, which used to be an old Barclays Bank. Any standouts? Um, the the Cowcatcher from East London Brewery. Very nice, 4.5%. On cast, draft? Or yeah, cask pile. Okay. Really nice. Um, then they ran out of that, so I obviously drank enough of that. Um, and then I defaulted to Green Devil in bottles.
0: Don't they sell the Cowcatcher in bottles as well?
1: Yeah, but once, you, once I've had it on cask, I would have struggled with the bottle version. And you don't want to do that comparison at no. that point? and I just saw Green Devil. Why would you not? Exactly. Yeah. It's just what well, I didn't see resin, I suppose. <laughs> just as well. <laughs> but apart from that, I mean, I've been digging through the cellar as well. So I had a few random beers at the weekend. at Marriage Parfait twenty ten.
0: Yeah, I saw you were going through some quite outstanding beers for, <laughs> um, for, for a weekend session. Yeah,
1: well, because my weekend sort of changed because I couldn't. My car got unwell, <laughs> and um, so I was just digging through the cellar. So I'm sorting of out a few beers for me, for Michelle and I to do twelve beers of Christmas Eve over the period and um, just having a bit of a general sort out because your plans have changed you find a bit more time on your hands and then I thought oh, I've got a couple of those I can have one of those now and just finding a few, few little specials here and there oh nice yeah what, what about you what have you been up to
0: um, well I went to bottle share. Um, it was uh, a very very quick affair this this month. Actually, there wasn't wasn't a lot of people there. Obviously, yourself was missing, but there was a few illnesses uh, as well, uh, and a few a few of the other uh, other regulars was, was missing. And it 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 literally flew by, and and I think we were we were back at the bar
1: by about half nine. Which yeah, see, we... sometimes though, when we've had those quick ones, that can be just as dangerous though. It, it was it was actually quite because rubbish. you did, so the bottle share generally sort of. We arrange a meet at the bar any time from about six, don't we? Yeah. Bottle share, official kickoff times around about seven. I would say usually the first beer from the bottle share is poured about quarter past. And if you've got a good crowd, say that 10 to 12, and a good selection of beers, you might not finish that up to about 10, especially if a bit of cheese or Biltong comes out. But if you finish earlier, you go to the bar and it's only default to start having pints again or keg.
0: That was kind of what happened. When they had, <laughs> that they had weird beard gumball, double IPA on. Uh, everybody just started drinking. So it was like so, the night they the Green Devil on Kim, wasn't it? It was. It was ridiculous. So, so that was a good night. Um, and then I went back to the, the the our house this past week. They had a, a round tower e- event where it was a, a meet the brewer, and they had six round tower beers on gravity dispense. There, so I suppose. Listen,
1: right? Round Tower, local to Chelmsford, where, are. where the Ale House is.
0: Uh, they are now. Now, I have to say, normally, I'm. Gravity is like my worst form of dispense because it is the flattest beer that you're going to ever get in in a glass. No, One disagree with. You. Whatever, either Round Tower or the Alehouse House done to those beers, I actually had a fizzy gravity beer in in my glass. One of them was conditioned so perfectly it had life and it, it actually made me take a step back while I was drinking my beer I was like whoa hang on a minute there's, there's life
1: in that beer were you confused for a moment I was very confused which, um, which one was that from
0: It was. it was the first one that I had I can't, I can't for the life of me think what it, what it was right now but they, they had six on and it, it was a fairly low ABV one so it was like four point percent or something like that um, they have then also done uh, a single cryo-hopped beer as well. Okay. Um, which I've got to say, I don't think worked on Gravity Dispense. Right. But I think if you're using those kind of cryo-hops, there needs to be fizz in that beer. Okay, yeah. And it needs to be cold. Okay, get that. Um, so we did, we did most of the beers they had on offer, and then things got silly, as, as, they, as n- they do. Because I, I, I say we, I spied... Bottles of Wyoming Sheep Ranch in the fridge. Did you leave the outhouse, then, or not?
1: No, we stayed in the outhouse. So I thought, well, were are you guys going to go to motion Town? We were, but we stayed in the outhouse. <laughs> the, the, so the, the, the Wyoming Sheep Ranch... The Friday crawl involved one end of the bar in the outhouse... To the other. To the other end. Yeah. And back.
0: Yeah. That, that was essentially it. So that, that was a good night. <laughs> um, and then just... There's just there's one beer that I want to mention as well that I've had, um, which was... Uh, I think it was a bit of a surprise release from Northern Monk. Um, it was called Sonoma Pride, and it was a, a, a limited edition release that was only available in the tap room or via their web shop. So it wasn't going out to normal online distributors. But named the named beer
1: after Mark's cat. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and it was uh, a lot of people have, have, have brewed beers and named it this at monks. Apparently, there's been some really bad wildfires in, in the states in the Sonoma Valley. Yeah,
1: because that's the same... That's where the, um, where a lot of the vineyards are, isn't it? Yeah.
0: They? So what they've done is basically Northern Monk have, have brewed this beer and it was a, it was an IPA 6.5% with Citroën Mosaic hops. I think there might have been Simcoe in there as well, actually. I was never not going to buy this beer as, as soon as I saw that. But it was only available through their web shop and it was three cans for a tenner. And, and that whole tenner went to um, like a, a fund for the for the victims of the wildfires. So then I think I paid like 5.95 postage. First time I've ordered from Northern Monk online and it turned up in 2 days as well. So it's certainly uh that they've got their system sorted. But it was a cracking beer. It was absolutely incredible. It was just like that there were points where it literally tasted so fresh in the can, it felt like I
1: was eating a raw hop. It
0: was just incredible. Just Really, really
1: good work. From did London. you manage to save any of those, or did all three go in one sitting?
0: I, I drank two in, in <laughs> one. In what, percent, what percentage was it? Six point five.
1: Okay, So was really it easy to drink. Four fourteen. You
0: know, yeah, just so easy to drink, uh, and it was all I could do to not drink the third one because I promised to share it around it as, <laughs> as, as, as well. So, and I was like, I literally had to put it in the back of the fridge, so out of sight, so I couldn't
1: see it. Yeah, oh, that's really. I mean, that's really good. Again, you know, that's where. A lot of breweries, pubs, pub goers, drinkers do do their bit. There's a lot of charity in this particular part in this world. Yeah. Um, so that's really good. But I, sorry, a very a, a little bit of a tangent. There was a little story I read today. It was literally this morning when I was reading one of my magazines. Where all those wildfires were in in, uh, in America, this family had to be evacuated. As a lot did, and um, they they have some goats. And their family dog is also a particular type of breed that her- helps herd the goats. The dog wouldn't leave. Oh, really? The dog would not leave. So eventually the family had to go. They came back the next day when they were allowed back. And the dog and the goats were all okay, although the dog was a little bit singed. Oh, But so he stayed to look after the goats. he stayed to look after, and apparently, according to the owner, the dog um, was really pleased to see them but also quite proud of himself for the job he'd done of looking after the goats. <laughs> I thought it was a really lovely. Yeah. It's just one of those little excerpts that you suddenly caught your eye and then when you mentioned that, it just sort of came back to me and I thought it was just it's a really nice story, but also, you know, what no, Northern Monk have done that. That's really good.
0: Yeah. And I've also noticed, I saw a pump clip over the weekend on Twitter as well, that Beavertown have got a beer called Sonoma Pride as well. So that's, that's what I'm saying. And if, if you look it up on Untappd, there are loads of beers with the same name. Okay. So, and, and obviously Russian River sit in that valley as well. Um, and, and I think that's basically the beer community has come together to raise money to, to, to support the, nice. the, the families. Nice one. And if they're making good beer as well, it's a win-win, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which. Yeah, any thoughts? I mean, I, I just took a sip I'll while you were uh, telling the goat story. And um, it's it's like liquid dark chocolate.
1: It's um, I think it's actually getting better the more I'm getting of it. And again, I think we, I'll go back to what you referenced earlier and have referenced before on the show. Having enough of this beer to savour it yeah. over a period of time rather than just having that almost equivalent of a shot and you can only do so much with a shot of beer. Um, this is beautiful. Because like I said I wasn't that fast the first time because of what I would got from it. This is just lovely. It's it's a beer which deserves to be sipped, but it's good enough not to sip. Yeah. And
0: now and obviously this is the so, so this is the, the stout that we're doing in a uh, Irish whiskey. Yeah. So this is, is it, it's teeling, isn't it? Yeah. Now I don't know enough about whiskey to know what the small what what the distinct characteristics might be of an Irish whiskey barrel as opposed to the others.
1: No, I have to admit um, I, that was something I was going to look into a bit more, um, but I, I just <laughs> I just ran out of time with various things going yeah. on at the moment. But the um, I'm getting it's not so much a woodiness to it, but there's a depth to it which feels like it doesn't come just from the beer on its own. No, it's certainly picking up. It's picking something up something else. else but um, yeah. again, I suppose the only way you'd really know, and perhaps that's how we'll, we'll get to later, is that if you had a glass of teeling whiskey with it, if there was any characteristics yeah. that came out of it. But regardless of that, this is tasting fantastic. It is. It's just tasting so good. Yeah. Spot on.
0: Right, let's get into some news then, because there has been some quite big news stories um, in, in the last couple of weeks. The first one... Uh, And I'm sure we're going to have a little bit to say about this. There's there's (laughs) got to be the sad news. I think is the only way that you can describe it. That tiny rebel have um, been censored for all intents and purposes by Portman Group um, for their branding on Kutch, which is the the beer that was their champion beer of Britain. The that the Welsh Red Owl uh, comes in quite a distinct jello can with with their trademark um, teddy bear branding on it. Um, It's been found to have been breaching the Portman's Group, a breach of the Portman's Group's code of practice. Um, And I mean, basically what I'm reading from here is, because there's obviously a lot of people have commented on this, I think Boak and Bailey have commented on it. Uh Matt Curtis commented on it through Good Beer Hunt mm-hmm. and a few others as well. But I, I thought the best one to use as reference material was the actual Tiny Rebel blog yep, that they Yeah, I read that one. Um, so, so they said that they, ne- that they would never have thought that one member of the public, and we'll, we'll come back to that point, mm-hmm. um, an industry body funded by the likes of AB InBev, Carlsberg and Diageo, and a complaints panel made up of 10 people can cause this much damage to a brand. And basically what's happened is, is that they've, they've been told they've got to change the can mm-hmm. because it could appeal to, to young um, young people, children. And they go on to point out so that um, colours are not specifically related to under-18s, soft drinks don't have a monopoly on cans, and the combination of beer colour and can is neither new nor evil. Um, and they then go on to say that they're not allowed to ignore this ruling because um, the Portman Group, it's not a legal
1: requirement, but they have to follow. Yeah, because it's not a legal requirement, but they signed up to the code. It's supposed yeah. to be like a code of conduct or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. So once you've signed up, you sign up to do what is, if you do get any sort of judgment, you have it, to yeah. follow it. Yeah. Uh,
0: they then go and say that they're not the victim here, the industry is. Point two that we'll come on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it sets precedent, and the boundaries on that precedent are a little bit worrying. Point, Point three. three. That <laughs> to. Um, and again, they then re emphasise that in a country of nearly 66 million people, just one complaint has forced us to change, and it's taken them nearly five months of work and nearly £30,000 in costs. So. It's an astonishing story. It's astonishing in that I, I struggle to understand. One person has gone into a beer shop and been that offended by the can, or that worried by a can that they've seen, that they've known where to make a complaint about it, mm-hmm. and that complaint has forced all of this upon time. But if it. it's
1: someone who's a a evangelical teetotaler, then they're looking for something anyway to do. It's, it's no different to TV. Advertising Standards Authority, that kind of stuff. Where yeah, but they don't they, they, they have to have a minimum number of complaints before they act? I don't, know if they have to, I don't know if they have to have a minimum number because sometimes when I've heard the numbers quoted, it still seems particularly low. If you've got a programme which is watched by millions and then they've said, I don't know we used to watch Points of View or something and we had a couple of hundred complaints, that still to me seems like a small amount. Yeah. You know, if you don't like the beer, don't buy the beer, if you don't like the programme, everyone used to say, we'll turn it over to another channel. You know, it's a bit like... Um, Mary Whitehouse in the 70s with various programs mm-hmm. including my you know my beloved Doctor Who she had to be, all be in a bonnet about that for a long period of time um, but uh, it is still astonishing that you can go one person but if your code of conduct doesn't have any requirements then one person can make that complaint that,
0: that's true now and, and now this is where I, I wanted to make a point that we were reading from Tiny, Tiny Rebels yeah. point of view yeah Because if you then look on Twitter, there's a lot of suggestion of people saying, was that one person from one of the macros or one of their competitors that has has simply abused the process
1: to try and get an edge over them in business? Maybe, but I'm not sure I would've gone for Tiny Rebel first. I mean, if we take one of the other points being a dangerous precedent about yeah. not having the you know the whole thing about cans and colours and stuff like that um, then there are other ones out there I'm not going to start naming them because I don't want to give anyone fuel for their fire um, we could all name a few cans which we might think might appeal to younger people if if you're yeah. thinking along those lines
0: we, we can and from from reading into this story and doing some background on this uh, apparently Beaver Town have successfully fought off a Challenge from the Portman Group in terms of there's been a challenge against their labeling as well, and, and they managed to override that and say, No, this isn't look at it, it's clearly not designed for children. Um, but I know we had a discussion on the day that this story came out, particularly in terms of, of Magic Rock, mm. and maybe not all of their cans, but certainly the likes. The one that really springs to mind for me is High Wire Grapefruit, yeah. which it looks like a can of pop.
1: Yeah. And uh, when I brought in um, last year for our Macmillan coffee morning, um, I donated a beer prize from the beer club I run, and I happened to choose on that particular occasion. And because they are very colourful, and I thought it looked good on the raffle table, I did choose um, a dozen Magic Rock cans. And someone did say to me, you're just giving people cans can of pop. And that's what... They're, so they, they're they not on the craft beer, and that's the first thing they thought of. Um but for me, that doesn't mean, I mean, you could, that doesn't mean you're trying to attract a younger clientele.
0: No, no because you've got, I suppose what, one of the things that's possibly missing from this is they've not gone back and looked at Tiny Rebel's branding per se.
1: No, because Tiny Rebel, you know, the key bit about Tiny Rebel, which we'll all recognise, is the teddy bear. Yeah. that's Well, that's their logo. That's their it? logo. Yeah. And that doesn't seem to have been specifically referenced. No, it's
0: it's the logo and the colours and the typeface and everything else. I just, I I think, I mean, you you know, to come to the, the, the the third point that we said we'd reference as well is that the industry is the victim here, and and yes, I have to agree with that because it's you know, are we going to get to a point where? I think somebody made the, the comment on it, maybe all beers should just be in black cans with the name of the brewery and the name of the beer and then the
1: ABV on it. Yeah, but then we go back to how, um, if you think about bookmakers, bookmakers shops 30 years ago were just bland shop fronts. Now they're all bright colours, so Cole had their own one, Ladbrokes had their own one, Betfred had their own one. They all had their own branding, all colours outside. None of them really references gambling because the laws have changed. You can actually see into a bookies these days. 20, 30 years ago, that was only the preserve of a bloke with a cigarette who yeah. went into the bookies. It was really it. So now it's a lot more open. You can't, if you start closing things off in, in, a, in a democratic society, then that isn't a good route to go. I did see someone say, well, you know, what about all the Alka-Pops? I would say that my experience of those kind of drinks is that the labelling doesn't lend itself to really attract it, no, no, it, it doesn't. Um, and whether that's whether that's on purpose or not is neither here nor there. If, if I get back to my my days of early drinking, hooch was around. I know hooch has been rebranded and come out again, but hooch, it wasn't about the branding for hooch. It was just an easy drink. It was that thing that got you to where you needed to get yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it is. It's it's not great. Hopefully, it'll be a one off.
0: I hope so, and, and and if anybody wants to do anything to support Tiny Rebel over this, because obviously they've taken a massive financial hit on this as well, I, I would be if you if, if you're in your local bottle shop and you see a can of the current version of Kutch, <laughs> buy it because actually it's going to be a collector's edition.
1: It will be a collector's as, edition. As, as, not as sure as well. how
0: well it'll age. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about maybe. Yeah, you're not buying it to age the beer inside. <laughs> buy it for the labelling. Um, so the other news story, which, again, quite surprising uh, and came out of nowhere, was was the announcement from Beaver Town that they're closing Duke's Brewing Q, which is essentially the place where Beaver Town started. Um, so they, they put out a very, what was a very short um, release about it and said there's no hidden scandal or drama behind the decision. The business is no longer a natural fit for Beaver Town's future. Now, the reason why I mention this is because they've made a point of saying there's no hidden scandal or drama, but they literally they put this release out and it was it's closing as of now. It's yeah, yeah.
1: Shut. Now on the route to Christmas.
0: Yeah, four weeks before Christmas, you shut a restaurant. But they must have been fully booked, surely. I I. I still think there's something more to this. I oh, don't know
1: what. No, I, I, I do as well. And it's saying it's not a natural fit, well, well, you say that, but people who have any interest in Beaver Town would probably try to go there once.
0: Because it's that kind of...
1: Birthplace of Beaver Town. Yeah, you
0: want to visit the
1: birthplace of a yeah. brewery. Don't I mean, we yeah. went there for your birthday a couple of years ago, didn't yes, we? Yes, yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily need to go back again, but it wasn't a massive place, so there's plenty of people who want to go for the first time. And there's plenty of people who... Uh, mourning it on, on Twitter that I saw Yeah, I, I just think it's it was a unusually worded statement I thought
0: I, I thought so as well and, and they've been quite vocal in saying no you, you know people yeah. have challenged them they said no there's nothing hidden it's,
1: and maybe it's, there isn't but it doesn't it
0: feels like it is it seems like the wrong time of the year to close a restaurant business
1: yeah it's almost like um, a few oh, years ago when Hine said they were going to or Hellman, Heinz were gonna stop doing salad cream or something, and then suddenly the sales went up. Yeah. They never said they were gonna actually stop right now, they just said, you know, sales have gone down, we're gonna stop doing it, and suddenly people start buying it. If they'd done that kind of thing, then I, would try, I might have been a bit cynical, but it's a bit of a marketing ploy, they just wanna get a bit more trading. But to just stop.
0: And close it. Yeah. Strange. Very Strange. Um, next one is on um, a story that we reported a couple of weeks ago, yep. which was about the um, East Anglian brewery that was up for sale, um, which has now come to light that it it was Redwell. Now, which I think
1: everyone fairly much.
0: And um, we suspected that, but yeah. we didn't want to put that speculation on, on no. the podcast. No. And, and say, oh well, this is Redwell that are up for sale. So um, it's come out that they that they were up for sale. Um, so, and, and their future has now been secured. Um, so they were put into administration on the 4th of December and um, it's been purchased by, now by a team of local investors who will ensure the beer and brand lives on uh, and can fulfil orders and, and look to a bright future. So the, the new investors are currently talking to suppliers and local customers with an aim of securing future relationships so um, good news there for the people that are involved oh yeah definitely they've still got jobs
1: definitely so it'd be, it'd be interesting if they'd get the chance to do anything else with it and if the beers change yeah uh, at all yeah I mean I, I think I've only ever had Redwell in the can from a supermarket anyway so maybe maybe for a bit of investment they may get a bit further afield
0: I think I might have had it on draft the couple of times I've been to Norwich okay um, but yeah like, like yourself mostly, mostly can yeah version, since, certainly since cans have been more widely yeah. available. Um, next up we've got um, John Keeling has been named as the first yeah. chairman of the London Brewers Alliance. So um, in, a, in a recent meeting, the London Brewers Alliance alliance decided that they wanted to formalise the group, uh, the governing structure of the group. Did so they have a chairman before then? I don't think so. so no. uh,
1: that's what, that's I think what it was like a kind of a voluntary group. But that's what caught me out about this when I first read it. It's like, yeah, but the London Brewers Alliance has been around a while. It has,
0: but they've, they've also, at the same time, they've, they've appointed um, a um, deputy chairman, and they're looking at the roles. Those roles will now take the London Brewers Alliance for a 12-month review of the structure of the alliance okay. as, as, as well. So it looks like they're, they're looking to try and formalise something here. And I know, again, there was some speculation on Twitter after this that, that people were saying, well, this happens in London and then it starts cropping up all over the country. All of a sudden, we've kind of got this independent body that people have
1: been speaking for. About well, for so long. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the London Brewers, like I said, has been around a while, haven't they? Because that's one of my source references when I was first trying to get beers in for the, for the beer club at work. So I was trying to really focus on the London stuff, especially um, for my Dutch and Belgian colleagues who, who came along just to showcase what we had in London. And going to the LBA was quite a good information resource. But yeah, I hadn't really picked up that they hadn't had that sort of formal Structure it feels like it was almost like a cooperative before, yeah. But I mean, putting John Keeling at the head it's a great move, isn't it? It's yeah. a very good
0: move, absolutely. You know, because
1: so many people in London, in the UK, in the world of beer know who John Keeling is, yeah. So, just by association, the London Brewers Alliance has notched up how many people will hear about it, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um, and then the last news story is that um, Siren are, have officially opened their 10 line tap yard now. So they've, they've finally opened a, a tap room at the brewery in Finch Hampstead. So it's got 10 lines, uh, 50 square metres, 100 person tap yard, open to the public on the 15th of December.
1: Um, What's well, that open for, for one day? All no. That, all no, that information opened, for just one day? It
0: opened <laughs> on the 15th of December. Um and it will now going forward will be open from 12 to 8 on a Friday and 12 to 7 on a Saturday, pouring the freshest siren beers all year round. Uh, Tapriard fridges will also um house every siren beer siren beer including every new collaboration with the likes of Brookings of half And and this is great news for a friend of the show as well, mm-hmm. they're also going to be having elusive brew beers yep. in their fridges as well, which I think is just it's um, great news for Andy. Brilliant yeah. for Andy when well, yeah. he's got the time <laughs> to yeah. buy even more beers. Yeah, because uh, you, you know you don't you, you don't his beers beers
1: are few and far between, are they? Yeah, exactly. Right? That's, um, I, I I remember I read that as well during the weekend. Um, I think that's really good news. Siren again are one of those breweries that I nearly always love their beers but they're quite under the radar at times.
0: Yeah, we said that when, yeah. we, when we featured some beers that they sent to us, yeah. didn't we? We said that, that they're kind of underrated, aren't they? Yeah. That people just don't shout about what Siren do. No.
1: But, you know, very rarely am I left disappointed. You know, they, 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 and they do do quite a lot of different beers. I mean, they did that whole, that four coffee series beers. Yeah. Some were hits, some were misses, none were awful, but they tried a few things and they do that quite regularly. And again... You know, they do cask, keg, bottle. And have, have you been to Siren before? No. Nope.
0: It, it's quite a schlep to get to. So yeah, because, I
1: mean, what, the nearest train station is Wokingham, and Wokingham's not that close to Finchamstead, n- is it? No.
0: Um, now, they're on an industrial estate, so I'm assuming that they've obviously done some research in terms of how much business they're going to be able to pull in from the industrial estate, yeah. particularly on the Friday from 12 o'clock on a Friday, um, and how much from the local area. Um, and I know in the, in the past when they've done events they've put on kind of shuttle bus service as well from the station there's no indication that that's going to happen
1: no I think basically it's public transport yeah. or taxi so, so if you want to get to it you've, you've got to get yeah. to it yeah. so I think they'll let you know how to do it but you're still going to have to do it yourself yeah. I still think it'd be worth a visit oh absolutely I think you just have to do a little bit of planning
0: yeah I think, I think maybe we, we might need to pencil in a, 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 visit, a visit at some point yeah. I'd agree with you on that Steve that, absolutely so that's that's the end of uh, end of the news this week. Final
1: um, ish. Final ish well, faults or thoughts. continuing faults. Thoughts? Con- continuing. I mean, it looks thoughts. beautiful in the glass, doesn't it? I mean, it's black, isn't it? You can't see through this. In the it, glass, it is. Can it yeah? is as black as
0: as black as night. Even, even the head, when when I mean, it's it's dissipated quite a lot now. But the the head when we yeah. first poured it, it, it's dark
1: brown. And it leaves that sort of coffee coloured film around the glass as well, doesn't it? Mm. When you, if you go to a red red wine tasting and you sort of just move it slowly around the glass when it's tilted at a 45 degree angle, it's just sort of hanging there still, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's um, this is a beer that has certainly
0: benefited from having a little bit of time on it, definitely, as as well, definitely. And obviously, this you know quite
1: nicely references back to our first show of the season, doesn't it? When we were doing cellaring with Justin and Matt about you know. When's the right time? And I'm not, I've got a couple of beers, my 12 beers of Christmas, which I've decided I'm gonna do because, as you and I have privately discussed a couple of times, what would happen if yes, our house burned down, we got burgled, whatever it might be? Um, and you know, we did the Fuller's Vintage 2016, which was only a year on that, and that was stunning a couple of weeks yep, ago, yep. absolutely stunning beer. Um, this is what 18 months coming up for that yeah. two year mark. And yes, it may well get better, but right now,
0: it's beautiful. Possibly at a sweet spot. Yeah. So what I've done, in in an effort to try and compare these as we go through, I've tried to pick out three characteristics here that I think have come from this beer. Okay. So I've got dark fruits, Mm -hmm. dark
1: chocolate, and it's got a very warming finish to it. Yes. Anything else
0: that you would want to add to that list? No.
1: All I would say is, for the warming, it hasn't got that alcohol burn. No. It's a very gentle... It's just warming. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very gentle warming, so it hasn't got that sharpness yeah. of a burn. Okay, and we'll try and do that,
0: if we remember, as, okay. as we go well, through. A, a, a bit of a surprise. And if yeah, I just, well, I just thought, that if we're going to try and do this comparison thing... Okay. I suppose, ideally, we probably should have had all the beers in the glass and tried also, a little bit of each. I eating. think you're
1: taking this professional thing far too seriously. I, I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry.
0: So, um, it's, it's time for that part of the show.
1: Opinions, opinions,
0: opinions, opinions. So the question was, can you name your beer of 2017? Which is becoming a bit of an annual question for us at, uh, at this, this point of the year. Yep. Because we do like to... Try and do a little bit of the the whole golden pints thing on on the podcast as well. So um, just in what what we had this year, we had two hundred and six votes. Sixty five percent of people said yes that that they could, and then we've got a load of comments. In comparison to last year, we had um, one hundred sixty five votes. There were three options last year, and I think about forty four percent. Said, said yes they could name their beer. So probably weighs out to about
1: the same the same yeah, Because we, we didn't give the third option. Yeah.
0: Last year there were around fifty seven beers put forward and there was one very, very clear winner that came out of that, a beer that was mentioned time and time again. was at the freeze company. And I think that was your beer of the year that was my like beer last of the year as well. This year we've had eighty odd different beers. Put, put forward. It might even, by, by the time we got to recording tonight, it might I even think it have might, gone I think,
1: to, to, to about 100 or so I think it might have been beers. more. Um, I mean, that's not really a surprise, is it?
0: it? It's not. It's been a very varied year for beers yeah.
1: this this year. And also, people are sort of spreading their, uh, the answers this year felt like people were spreading their taste around a bit more as well.
0: I think so. Abs- absolutely. There were, there were a lot of different styles. Yeah. Mentions
1: oh, Excuse me The, um,
0: <laughs> the beer's coming the back The getting to me there so, so the two that stood out In terms of the amount of people That mentioned them Above all others Were Firstly The one that had the most um, Mentions Was Cloudwater And the Vow um, Collaboration Which was Chubbles Which was a triple IPA Now I didn't I, that. I, I didn't know, try. I, I know you didn't try either, so we, we can't comment on that. And then the, the second most commented one on, um, quite closely to that one, was again another cloud water collaboration, which was with Lost and Grounded and Verdant, um, which was uh, Laurel and Hardy, as, as well. Which okay. Was a, Don't think I tried that either. I think It was a Belgian triple style. Beer. Okay. So, so those those were the ones that. Folk had said were were, were were their favourite beers of the year. Some of the some of the comments we've had. So we're we're gonna just, just go through the comments first, mm-hmm. and then what we're gonna do is um, as opposed to last year where we gave you three shows worth of golden pints, we're just doing one this year. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be three hours though. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> to make up for the <laughs> time. Um, and we're just gonna focus when we when we do our golden pints uh, tonight. We're just gonna focus on the beers. Uh, the brewery and then other things that we feel are most important to us as a podcast. Yeah, a things we company. especially people who have referenced it over yes. the year as well. Yeah. So so let's let's go through some of these comments. So and a lot of these are very much in the same vein uh, as mm-hmm. well. So, so first up, um A AD Goodrich said, had so many great beers it's too difficult to pick the best. And as I say, that was echoed again and again and again. So Jamie H at Merchant of Shite. I know I say it every time, but I do love that <laughs> handle. Um, I've been keeping a list of the best new to me beers that I've had all calendar year. This is my leaderboard, and he tweeted a picture of it as well. Don't care how nerdy it sounds. Now I don't think that's nerdy at all.
1: No, I actually quite like the best new to me bit because on the Golden Pint Awards, one of the things we're not doing is there's a few things which are the best new, and I always I can never remember what no, new to this year, no. new to me or has been around forever and I just discovered it
0: and we've tried to help ourselves this year with the Golden Pints by doing yeah. a monthly thing on Facebook as well yeah. where we've done like monthly and to be fair it has, beers has and it, it, it has, has been help. we'll come on to how that's
1: yeah. helped in a while but um, IHG I, uh, it's not nerdy and uh, you're in the right place if you're nerdy anyway to be absolutely fair. yeah so we also had from Peter Maguire at Maguire 8 far too many great beers this year Cloudwater Magic Rog and Verdant have been the most consistently good beers in my opinion Again, I, mean, I think that was echoed by quite a few was, people. That was echoed. I mean, and, and if these are the opinions that people are echoing, and that says something about how, how we're doing for beer at the moment as well. But these, these are the answers people are given. I can't choose my beer a- because there's only yeah, good ones. Yeah. Um, well, actually, just on that, that, I mean, there was a comment quite late on that I saw on Twitter from Miles which said that your beer of the year doesn't have to be a new beer as well. And I thought that was actually quite a good comment. It was, and I've always struggled
0: with that, because I always kind of thought it did have to be a new beer that and I had tried in that
1: year. Yeah, and I think if you look at my golden pints that I've done over the last two years and this one, I've done the opposite.
0: I did this year. For the first time, I kind of relaxed my own rules on, on it this <laughs> year, because I was like, no, actually, if if, if a beer if I'm having a beer this year that is, is maybe, I don't know, been in production for three four years and it's reached its peak this year, then why can't that
1: be end exactly. of the year? Exactly. But I thought it was a, that just uh, give a little, because that was quite a late on shout from Mars, and I thought that was a really good shout. Um, Graham at Salander Graham. I can't choose just one. A trip to California served up Pliny. Is it Pliny or Pliny?
0: I never know. I, I don't know. Let's, okay. let's go with Pliny.
1: I'll go Pliny and Pliny. Uh, General Sherman, A.L. Smith, And loads of other amazing beers. I've been lucky boy this year and tried dozens of exceptional beer. This might have something to do with my fuzzy, (laughs) indecisive brain. It's all the Pliny and Pliny you've been having, which incidentally I still have never had any of those. Um, Rach at Look At Brew. um, That first cast pint of Harvey's Sussex Best I'd had after being off the booze for nine months was bloody glorious. Definitely my beer of the year, hashtag opinions. Yeah.
0: Now, now, obviously, there was a reason why Rachel <laughs> was off the, off the beer for nine months yeah, there. And it wasn't just for the sheer hell of it. Congratulations to the new arrival yeah. there. Um, the Owl Lady, and this, this is one yeah, that I, can, I I
1: didn't want to mention this one.
0: I, I can really appreciate this. I was going to cross this one out. Uh, me, the most there. magical pint experience had to be that pint of Jaipur served at the Thornbridge Brewery, which obviously I was there for, and Miles was there for, and yes, it was
1: that good. I'm saying nothing.
0: Okay. Um, and then finally, we've got um, from 300-pound cyclist um, and Miles Lambert. This was kind of a joint, almost a joint tweet from them.
1: Um, this became this little bit, this quote you're going to read out wasn't the only bit of the Twitter exchange. It became a bit of a loving, th- in. There it? was more of it,
0: but th- this is the one that kind of brings it all to life is... Genuinely, the best beer experience was the eight-year-old bottle of Bourbon County Stout that that 300-pound cyclist shared with me for the final beer of 24 in 24. Was incredible for a whole myriad of reasons. Now, there there are a couple of things I want to say on this. Yes, it did become a loving after after that that comment of of, I think Miles then said, "I know that sounds really sort of like pompous and snobby, but it, it was." Secondly, I've got to say that if, if if you've not been listening to what Miles has done with the twenty four beer reviews, go back and have a listen. Especially listen to the ones in the early hours of the morning yeah, where it's The one thing goes
1: this was recorded at one o'clock, two o'clock and three o'clock. You might think there's two people on each recording. There isn't. There's only one. Yeah, it's so just Miles
0: having a conversation with himself. It's like
1: he's like he's got his little self on his shoulder. Yeah. Um but it's um I can imagine, because I'm, 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 I'm about two thirds of the way through now and he's 24 and 24, but I can also imagine that that beer, after some of the beers he'd had during the day as well, when he was trying to really keep that quite light, lowish ABV to go through the whole period, that must have been like amber nectar.
0: Yeah, because I think, I mean, I, I think I'm up to date with them as, as, as we sit here right now, um, and yeah, he's trying to do his best to stay to an average of, I think, about 3.5 on the beers, so, so yeah, it must have been nice to have had something I mean, that look, was just completely
1: different. Because that would have been hell for you, the bit, a lot of the beers he chose. Because to, to achieve that, yeah. he chose a lot of those beers, like Sows and Saisons, the low, the, low, the low version of all those beers. Um, but yeah, I think just to expand a little bit on what they were saying, it was also the fact that they were, um, they said they were sharing it. Yeah. So it wasn't just they'd cracked open a bottle each or anything like that and had it separately. It was the actual sharing of it. And yeah, like, I imagine for Miles at that point, he was also quite happy to talk to someone.
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Which is um, obviously what we're about to do because yeah. our, our experience, it's not an eight-year-old bottle of Bourbon County style. Um, this one's only two years old. This is from 2015. Um, this was um, given to us by Goose Island after we'd done the two Goose Island shows. This was one of the takeaway beers that, that we gave. Years so that. I know. Um, and we've been kind of waiting for the opportunity to do it. And obviously, this show is, is the perfect opportunity to, to do that. So while you're just decanting that into your glass, um, we are about to go into our golden pints for this year. And I, th- I, th- I think it's probably. Um, right at this point, do a little nod back to where Golden Pints came from. So started in 2009 by Mark Dredge and Beer Reviews Andy, um, which there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to go back and look at the very first ever suggestion of a Golden Pints. And then the, the, the list was updated in 2015, and that's also in the show notes as well if you want to look to the more updated list. And then I think you and I decided we'd we'd take our own um, slant on it last year, and we, yeah. we added to that list in terms of um, a beery podcast of the year as well because it's what we do. Yeah, so we it's, wanted to give a shout thing. out to
1: the medium that we use.
0: Yeah, and I think if you look back over the last 12 months, there's been an explosion of beer podcasts. Oh, God, yeah. In, in, in
1: the year. Goodness Utah. knows what men behaving badly would do if there wasn't 280 characters now.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually wonder whether, I know we've got that at the bottom of our list, but should we start there in terms of the beer podcast of the the year for our lists? Yeah, go on then, why not? Yeah. Um, should we have a drink of the beer? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. It's been in my glass for at least 30 seconds. Cheers. oh, there's a different nose on that, isn't there, massive, straight away. It's a massively different nose. Now, I can't remember, have you had this on cake?
0: No, I've, I've, I've not. I didn't get. I didn't go to that night that you all went to and got completely destroyed, drinking it like it was water.
1: Well, wasn't it? No, sorry. Um, I can't remember whether it was 2015 or 26 and they were pouring cake, but they opened some 2015 at the same time. Um, it has got a very different flavour profile and nose it's
0: a lot sweeter yeah sweetness is really yeah. ramped up in so
1: that. What, what ABV was the 200 I don't think we actually that, said did that, that we? was 10% right so we've gone from 10 and we've jumped to 14.3 is
0: that what this one is yeah because
1: yeah. yeah, I, I, um, I I managed to get a couple of these to do when I did the beer and wine tasting at work and so I was choosing the beers and the guy who runs the wine tasting club Put this up against a really lovely full-bodied red wine, and I still got those comments come back to me. So, seven fifty bottle red wine at fourteen and a half cent versus a five hundred milliliter fourteen point three beer. And everyone go, "Oh, that's strong."
0: No, it's the same as the wine. A, it was
1: yeah. Technically, it was point two less, and it was in a smaller bottle. But everyone's going, "Oh, that's really strong." I don't know if I can drink that while they're holding a full glass of red wine. Yeah. So, oh, come on, I wasn't asking you to down it. Now, you know, it still appeared to be savoured. Um, I haven't had the twin. I don't know if I've tried the twenty fifteen at all this year. It's feeling really rich and velvety, isn't it?
0: It's it is, but mouthfeel wise, it's it feels a little bit thinner than than the two. Oh, yeah, I, I think that that had a much thicker, velvety, smooth feel to it. This is this has got that. But it's also got a little bit more life in it. There's a little bit more fizz, a little bit more tang in there. Yeah, it's got
1: a bit more of the carbonation. I'm not actually, yeah, you're right. Actually, the, the initial 200 fathoms that, ooh, blimey, that's, that's full.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, that was velvety smooth. Yeah. This is, this is smooth, but it's a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. And I'm beginning to think we maybe have done this in the right way now. Because I'm, I'm expecting the Oladu will be
1: quite a lot lighter in mouthfeel. Yeah, could be. Oh, no, in mouthfeel, it definitely will be, I think. Yeah. In mouthfeel, it will be. Um, in flavour profile, I'm still confident about it.
0: Yeah. So, podcast of the year, yeah. then. Beery podcast of the year. What have you got for, for, for this? Okay.
1: As you said, there has been a real explosion of them. However, and I am doing my best to try and catch up on all the episodes that everyone is releasing. So, if you could have a little bit of a break, like yeah. we there's, do. There's a, a real, lot be really yeah, handy, yeah. actually. Um, so a couple of vulnerable mentions I mean um, we recorded at the start of the year with beer Nomicon. L- still love their shows I love mm-hmm. the interaction between Tom and Ross I think it's really good um, started listening to obviously Rhythm and Brews who we spoke who we did some work with this year as well I say work sorry drank beer with <laughs> and listened to music in inverted commas and Men Beer Behaving Badly which I actually quite like I do like the name um, and again, all of these uh, have a different slant. I think that's what I've really enjoyed is the different take all the time, and that's what's been really good about it. Um, my standouts are a couple of old favourites still. So my, my my standout ones are Stephen Rowan's beer podcast, who review the Beer Bod's beer once a week. Um, I no longer subscribe to Beer um for no other reason than. I have enough beer in the house anyway without having subscription boxes, but I still love their 10-minute reviews when it's Stephen Rowland, or their 15 to 20-minute reviews when it's Roland and Gary. Agreed, um, yeah. And I've ordered some of the beers purely on, on the basis of some of their reviews. Um, Irish Beer Snobs, not only because I know both of them, but because I love the interaction between Wayne and Janice on, on the air. It's brilliant. And Wayne and Janice, when you do listen to this, we're still not getting enough podcasts out of you. Despite the pep talk me and Steve gave you at about half 12 on a Saturday night in Dublin in February. We need more podcasts from you both. And um, Miles, uh, not for his uh, pod uh, podvent Canada, but for him and Rob, what they were doing. I love the Jedi Master and Padawan relationship about, I know about the beers, I want to share my knowledge, but I'm not being pretentious about it so yeah I've got my favourites are definitely Irish Beer Snobs and Stephen Rowland plenty of vulnerable mentions at the moment though.
0: so to who takes it for, for, for you it's going to be Stephen Rowland I, I think, I think that's, a, that's a good shout actually because it's it, like you say in terms of consistency um, I, I think we're fairly consistent in our output that they do put a podcast out every week yeah. and you, you know there is a lot of effort that, that goes into putting a podcast out um, so so hats off to them. And yeah, they, they certainly feature in, in, in my honourable mentions as well. But like you say, I think it's been, it's been a massive year for beer podcasting yeah. in the UK right now. And um, I, I know some people enjoy listening to the more produced podcasts. But I I still like listening to something that sounds real and raw, and it's it's just people enjoying themselves. So um, my honourable mentions go to Rhythm and Brews, because I do enjoy the interaction between
1: Luke and Andrew. Um, I enjoy the interaction, I just need less of the music. (laughs)
0: Less
1: of of of, the rhythms. (laughs)
0: More more of the brews. Yeah, um, and also a massive honourable mention to, to Miles uh, at the North East, Sipping Forecast as well, because I, I love what they're, they're trying to do there. I, I think it's brilliant. I think that, that one episode when they introduced Dr Hop um, <laughs> and, and the little jingle that he put together was possibly the
1: funniest thing I've heard all year. Um, well, but, the way, every time it came up with the, the word, he had to put the hop in. Yes. It had Miles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But for me... Um, and this,
0: this, was a, this was literally uh, a, a decision I've made in the last 24 hours in, in terms of my Beery podcast of the year, and, and there's a reason for it as well. Um, I'm going for men behaving badly. Um, I think what Ashley, Tom and Mark are doing there really takes me back to when I started the, the Beer O'Clock show with Mark, where, where we were on this journey of discovering beer, mm-hmm. and they're still at the beginning of that journey, and it's brilliant to hear that kind of naivety uh, at the beginning as they're just discovering what beer is and they're trying to explore different things and, and I think it's great and I think, I th- I think the, the, the level... Obviously, they're, they're clearly mates, you can yeah. tell that. Oh, you can tell of that with the interaction, straight away. So, but I, I, I'm really enjoying their stuff. Uh, at the moment so for me yeah like I say men, men behaving badly take take the podcast of the year for me this year okay well done well done, well done MBB yes and well done Stephen Rowland yeah. as, as well um, so let's get into um, actually let's work our way back up let's work our way up to the beers of the year because they should be last shouldn't they okay as, so as, we're... As the
1: biggest things I like the way you change it while we're discussing. You just have a thought, don't you, and share it I, as we go. I, I do, yeah. yeah. So, so we're going to stick with the... Uh, so we're literally going to go back up. Let's, and, let's go back okay. up the this.
0: So, so while, we're, while we're talking kind of online communication, best beer blog of the um,
1: year. Again, a couple of honourable mentions, and then I'll say the winner. And again, this is closely aligned to my voting for last year as well. Um, so honourable mentions go to Miles, uh, Miles Lambert, and pete mccurry they, because they just get to the point uh in bo- both of their blogs are written differently both of them get to the point and what really nails it for me is that when they do release a blog i want to read it straight away
0: agree that they're, they're, they're the ones that i will literally read when yeah. i see it come up rather than There's say, some others it, say put it, to, to, put me, it yeah. to a
1: various at like pocket or something like that or feedly um, but that one, those two are definitely the ones that I will definitely try to read straight away and because I also know, especially with <laughs> Pete it's going to be a certain length I know that I can read it fairly promptly yeah. because Pete just sort of nails it in about two screens worth, even on a mobile phone however, the winner uh, and again, this is also my 2016 winner is Mark Johnson at Beer Complication because again, he takes on a wide range of subjects Usually all still related to beer. Um, And he just has a really eloquent way of writing, which I know I haven't posted anything for a few months now, but I don't. And he manages to find a way of writing that still doesn't talk down to you or be pretentious, gets to the point, but gets to the point in a different way to Miles and Pete. And at the end of it, I'm thinking, I actually could have read a bit more about that if he'd done it a bit longer it could have still been it was still doing good and he's he's released a, lot, a couple in the last like month really good yeah he's, it's great. like he had a bit of a loan in the summer where wasn't quite maybe feeling it whatever the last couple of ones have been really good actually mm-hmm.
0: I'm I'm with you on both Peter Miles in, in in terms of reading what what they come out. I I was really enjoying earlier on in the year when Michael Lally was doing his Three Bullet Tuesday. Yeah, which which created lots of lots
1: of discussion. Lots of discussion points actually. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Um, well, it's top off one of those that we had him on the show.
0: And yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, it was a shame to see that stop actually yeah. because I did in, enjoy. The brevity of it as well. Again, it was one that you could read really quickly. Um, But I am with you uh, on my beer blog of the year, which has got to be Mark. Um, He's been consistently good all year long. And like you say, in the last few weeks, it's almost like he's been ramping up for Golden Pint season
1: in, in terms of... <laughs> well, it's a bit, like, a bit like when filmers bring out their... their yeah. Producers bring out their films just
0: in time for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, the, the one in particular that he wrote about um, beer snobbery at Christmas Yeah. I think was brilliant. It just summed up so much. And I know we touched on the discussion yeah. a, a few weeks back but he really brought to life what we were saying Yeah. I, th- I think in that discussion. Oh yeah, no, the,
1: again, and I said he, he did... The, I said the last couple really felt like and I'm sure it, if I'm wrong he'll correct us but it felt like they flowed yes it felt like they weren't a struggle and it felt like they just sort of came out and absolutely they read really well
0: so um, unanimously yeah we, we give our golden pint our golden pint said so
1: Mark Johnson you are golden pints winner Congrats did you vote for him last year as well
0: I didn't he got an honourable mention ah. last year I think I went for I think I went for Pete last year purely on quickness of, of reading <laughs> I've got a very low boredom threshold but I really have I can manage about three paragraphs and, and then you've lost me um, so next one is the Simon Johnson award for the best beer Twitterer I'm going to go straight in with this one um, that there are a lot of people that are really good and engaging on Twitter there are yeah. loads you, you know so there they, they could be honourable mentions going on all day um, but I, I think for consistency of engagement and Providing something that you want to get involved in as well um, has got to be Craft Beer Hour every, every Tuesday. Um, Tom running Craft Beer Hour, getting involved in that hashtag. For me, that's that's my beer Twitterer of the year. I would also give an honourable mention. Um, it's only been going for a few weeks. If it had been going all year, it probably would have run, won it. The the, the, the 12. 12 quiz <laughs> that, that, that Miles does, I think, is just the perfect precursor to craft to beer, craft beer hour. Hour. it's good timing now, yeah it's, it's, very it's absolutely
1: timing. perfect yeah I think I think those two go quite nicely hand in glove at the moment actually I think people have quite a decent little bit of a run up now a little bit of a warm up to craft beer out um, for me it's um, it's two guys who don't really do anything very formally in terms of their Twitter profile um, but Sparky Wright um, A because he keeps changing his Twitter name regularly
0: which is almost as great as his tweets yeah yeah, um,
1: and also because he you know, we, we have a, uh, outside of the beer we have a similar interest with the running as well um, and Steve at Beer Nouveau because sometimes he's just so very cutting and dry with his comments as well and just saying, I want to add here obviously we're recording this on a Monday and at the weekend I think Beer Nouveau had a break in yeah um, very sad to hear about Steve and I I you know uh, I could see from all the comments on social media, but there was a lot of um, sadness and, and love and people wanted to help out. And I saw that you still had a party that night as well. Um, so yeah, really sorry to hear about the break-in, because I've loved my one visit up there, the start of this year, loved meeting you. But please carry on being as cutting and dry on Twitter as you are yeah. now.
0: I, I was just, um, yeah, it was devastating to hear that, that that happened. I was pleased they didn't take any of the barrels. With, did, with someone did actually ask
1: and I thought <laughs> I'm so glad someone else did that before me <laughs> but yeah so for, for me it's fairly much joint winners on those two
0: okay so, so they're kind of our online communication awards section sort of what we get involved in yeah, all the time yeah isn't it? A, absolutely let's have a, a, a little dip back into the, in, into the
1: beer uh, well mine seems to have gone down a lot quicker than yours I know I, I've been talking though
0: no, um, I'm getting I've got to say I'm getting a little hint of something a little bit toasted, like maybe a hint of coconut, maybe?
1: I'm not getting that. not getting coconut, which is a good thing. For me, I'm just starting to get that hint of burnt wood. Definitely for me.
0: Uh, and, and again, I think w- without properly researching it, isn't that a characteristic of that's what makes a bourbon? Is, yeah. is that they actually burn the barrels? They burn the
1: inside of the barrels, yeah. don't they? Because, um, again, maybe we do we would be really good if we did research one day wouldn't we it,
0: maybe we should actually should do we try that New Year's
1: resolution we'll do research for one research show it. just for one show yeah. see what people think um, but I've, they don't use the same barrel every time do they so no I think like, they only
0: use the barrel once. yeah so though.
1: but they use the barrel and char the inside yeah and I feel that again I wasn't getting that initially so you know we have shared a 500ml bottle and I'm halfway through my pour And it's only now, but I'm starting to get that sort of burnt notes.
0: But it's not a burn on the alcohol. No, no,
1: again, it's not. It is uh, is the
0: burnt wood, but it's still very, very sweet. Is
1: that slightly slightly burnt toast, almost.
0: Yeah, yeah, a a toasted feel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so while we finish off the... It still doesn't feel like 14.3, though. It doesn't at all, and that's that's worrying, considering what we've still got to come. So let's get into... um, Let's start getting into the beers. Beer. Then, then. So, so first one, um, Supermarket of the Year. So this is in terms of which, which supermarket has really done it for you this year in terms of supplying your beery needs?
1: Okay, this is probably going to be a very little surprise to most people who know me. And even if you don't know me and you may have listened just every now and again, um, M&S. Okay, um, fairly standard. They appear at near enough every mainline train station that I use. And even the ones that I don't very often, they're just there. Um, the choice and accessibility every now and again might be a bit samey from one M&S to the next, but they generally have at least half a dozen that I will pick up.
0: And they did start stocking Magic Rock this year as well. Well,
1: Magic Rock this year, Stone from Berlin yeah. this year. And they already had uh, Northern Monk and Forkure. And so they've the always had yeah. a few own brand adnams and a few own brands in the early days especially still now greenwich meantime as well so straight away you've probably got you know half a dozen i was probably even underestimating it and they are you know there's free within a minute of liverpool street station alone Mm -hmm. so yeah accessibility in the bigger stores the only thing i would say and i will caveat this is that if anyone from M S has any influence at all your stock rotation is rubbish Um, both in the fridges on the shelf.
0: You wouldn't do Oh, we saw this with Stone IPA in Sheffield, didn't we? Yeah,
1: and also I saw it with Northern Monk as well, um, in one of the London stores. M&S have always been very careful about not selling produce past its best before. I mean, it's only the last five or six years where you can actually buy reduced stuff in M&S. They never used to do the reduced foods. It used to just go. Treat your beers the same. It has a best before date, nearly enough, every beer they sell. Just pay attention to it. You can go to a fridge in an m and especially in the train station, and have three different dates in the first three or four cans. But they still win it because I can get to an m and without having to plan, and they still wouldn't have a very good choice.
0: Mm-hmm. I, think, I think for me, and, and we've covered this a number of times on the podcast in the last year... 2017 has been very much the year of the supermarket, hasn't it? You, you know, Ooh. we saw that explosion early on in the year of, of Tesco's suddenly stocking Stone IPA. Yeah. And not just Stone, but a, a craftier range of oh, yeah, definitely. Thornbridge beers and you, you know, all these other beers that you could suddenly get on Tesco shelves. And you, you know, it's from there on in, what you've been able to get in, in, in supermarkets is just amazing. I mean, I, I still marvel at the fact that I can go into Asda and buy a four-pack of Jack Hammer for eight quid.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. Well, which, look, but look, uh, Northern Monk, 4 packs St. Morrison's. Yeah. Um, the only supermarket which seems to have gone the other way is Sainsbury's. Uh, who have, yeah, who have stopped doing anything really really crafty. You know, these are the yeah. guys who were doing the Great British Beer Hunt five years ago. Yeah. And yes, that was very traditional, but it was still brought in a lot of different types of beers. And they seem to have just gone, huh. yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we'll just carry on doing what we're doing. Well, we'll let everyone else do their stuff and we'll do what we yeah. want to do. It's like, they don't care anymore.
0: So, so for me, it's a, it's a
1: really tough
0: call between Morrisons and Tesco's. I, I literally can't split them. The, the, the thing that does split them is that I can buy New World IPA in Morrisons. And that's it. And that's it. So, so on that reason alone, for me, Morrisons gets Supermarket of the Year this year.
1: Okay, I mean, I haven't got uh, my, low, my... Actually, my closest Morrisons is your one.
0: Probably, yeah
1: which isn't that close to me
0: really it, it's not and oh. I can't I, I can't actually get New World IPA from that one I have to go to to Malden which is kind of four miles in the other direction because oh. it's a bigger Morrison's than, than, terrible. than my local one terrible
1: um, but the, the choices in supermarkets yeah. and we have done quite a bit about supermarkets this year yeah. has been fantastic and long may it continue
0: absolutely and I think it will I think it will now continue to get better and better apart from Sainsbury's maybe Sainsbury's need to up their game and I'll tell you who else needs to start their fucking game while we're at it. Aldi in England, because Aldi's Scottish craft beer selection is amazing from pictures that I've seen online. I was going to say, how do you know that? I've, I've seen pictures on Twitter where Aldi Scotland do the most amazing range of local Scottish brews. So, so they're stocking some really craft stuff. We get none of that in England, and I think Aldi needs to be more consistent across their offering. That, that's all I'm going to say.
1: Ooh, that was a bit of a rant.
0: i know a bit of a rant. Do you feel better for that? I do feel better Excellent. for that. Um, so,
1: Best UK Brewery. Okay, might be a bit of a spoiler alert for further on then. Thornbridge.
0: Uh, Any reasoning for that, or just straight in with... with no,
1: no, no. I'm, I'm, firstly, um, because of their online shop. Their online okay, shop. Which you've enjoyed. I've enjoyed a few times recently, this year now. yeah. Um it's a, so very easy to navigate it's free postage which is like worth a couple of beers sometimes depending easy, on who you're ordering yeah. from um, and they do deliver rather promptly as well and all the beers which came through in the two or three deliveries I've had from Fort Bridge this year weren't ones that they'd just dug out from the warehouse they were all quite fresh ones as well the Jayaporex was fantastic which I had in my home delivery as well one of the best versions I've had of it um, it's just easy um, but also I do love having cask and keg Thornbridge beer it's been they've re- for me maybe I've just got hold of it a bit more this year a couple of obvious reasons which we'll, we'll explore but it's almost like I've been reminded that Thornbridge and probably part of that was you, Miles, and the Owl Lady going there earlier this year, around about Easter time. They've been there for a long time now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's again. I don't know if they get overlooked. It's probably not the right word, but because they have been there, I'm not sure they don't take taken for granted sometimes.
0: I think I think it's that they're taken for granted because um, they've been around for so long.
1: Yeah, and they make consistently good beers. I, I trust what they give me. I trust their output. And if someone said, "Oh, this is a new beer from Thornbridge, I probably wouldn't even ask what it is. I'd say, "Okay, I'll give it a go." I wouldn't bother thinking about it. So, yeah, best UK brewery, Thornbridge.
0: Now, I struggled with this one this year. Um, I, I really did, because I I could I, I was finding it really difficult to find a way of singling out a brewery that that is is Worthy of of the beer of the year, uh, not the beer of the year, of the brewery of the year. Um, so I ended up with a whole list of them, and and essentially I did come up come up with a win. I'd
1: love to know how you narrowed down that I, list. But I, we well, probably I've, haven't got time for that.
0: The Thing that it came down to with the brewery of the year um, was much the same as was consistency in in terms of the, their output and how much we enjoyed that output. So I'm going to give honourable mentions here, and and all of these are for. I, give any ranges, I need to give a couple of honourable okay. names. but you carry on. So, so all of these are for consistency. Buxton, Marble, Lost and Grounded, Thornbridge and Weirdbeard, for me, this year, have produced consistently good beers. All of them. The thing that, that, that set my winner apart was the range of beers, the way the beers were dispensed, and how good those beers were when they tasted them. And, and I, I had to go for Magic Rock this year because every time I've tried a new Magic Rock beer or I've gone back to an old favourite in a can or I've visited, visited the taproom, their beers of all... I've never been disappointed by Magic Rock beer this year.
1: No, and we've had, um, you know, Cannonball a couple of times this year on Keg as well. Yeah. And it's been spot on. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, Magic Rock would be one of, if, you know, if, I was, if I'd written down honourable mentions, again, one day we'll be professional about the whole thing. Um, uh, honourable mention would have been Magic Rock, and the other one would have been an old favourite of mine, Adams because, for me, they still churn out. I
0: didn't even think of it An amazingly
1: consistent cask range, as well as nailing a craft beer range under a regional brewery banner as well.
0: Yeah, agree
1: so they still do both for me um, they, they, those would be my honourable mentions ok
0: so we're into the big ones now the beer the the, the beer itself so before we get into that um, I suppose finalish thoughts on the, the, the Bourbon County
1: I mean again you could just spend a lot of time just moving it around the glass just looking at that colour on the outside on the inside of the glass couldn't you it looks beautiful um It's a very... I still think it's a... I've only had, just so we know, at best I've had 2015 and 2016. So I haven't got many things to measure this one against in terms of... I've only had 2015. Um, But for a 14.3% beer, I still think this is a very, very drinkable beer.
0: Okay, so like we did with the Irish one, key characteristics here... I've got, it is sweet. it's sweet, it's a lot sweeter than it's the first one. It's definitely Irish sweeter than the first version. one. It's,
1: it's not, a, I think you're right, it's not as uh, velvety or viscous as the first one. It's definitely got that burnt wood, slightly toast mm-hmm. characteristics, but still very yeah. subtle. And there's there's maybe a hint of,
0: what I'm getting now is a little hint of roasted notes on the end of it.
1: Yeah, very subtle. Yeah, and very m- subtle. Like I say, very much at the back end of the uh, tasting yeah. process.
0: Okay, so as we finish in this then, let's do... Because what we've done this year is we've... In, in an effort to try and make this as fair, interesting... Or
1: none. as pain-free as possible, Steve's pained me through the pain of having to name my beers of the month
0: for the last... And to be fair, it's only 11 months, yeah. isn't it? Because we're not including December in this.
1: one beer has sneaked in here. Oh, okay. It's going to be a December beer. All right, um, so, so... yeah. So what Steve does is we have about five days before the month end. Reminds me... <laughs> to do the beers of the month sometimes
0: you remind me and send me an email and I'm like
1: oh yeah it's that time of the month again. and then he says which one is the actual beer of the month I like, oh shit I thought we'd done so well there
0: so, so we've been doing the posts on our yeah. Facebook page where we've done beers of the month and, and we've, we've basically broken them down into their dispense method so we've done cast keg and we started off doing kind of a joint sort of small I no, speak,
1: you you, I, I, and, and then you split it into I split a it quite early hand. didn't I so, <laughs> so,
0: so what we're going to do now is we're going to go through our cast beer of the year our keg beer of the year our bottle beer of the year and our can beer of the year so we're going to
1: do our top three from each one top
0: three from each one and then that will give us our winners that then go into the overall
1: yeah so for, you know these guys can barely wait to hear what we're about to I, say
0: absolutely if, if people <laughs> have sat through this long of us rambling on <laughs> you know they must be they must be ready yes so first up then let's let's start with cask beer of the year um, Martin you are the cask aficionado of us so you can go first ok so Quite I'm going nice go, to
1: go in traditional fashion reverse order nice so in third place five points railway porter in second place Adnams Ghost Ship and in first place Formbridge Jaipur Good
0: selection. Any um, reasoning behind that? You, you give your three. Okay. And then we'll discuss. So in, in third place, Track Sonoma. Yep. Uh, second place, and, and it was a tough one. First and second place was really tough for me. Um, and there, there was one thing that ended up swinging the first place for me. And, and we'll come to that. So in second place was Legitimate, legitimate Industries Cherry Belgian Quad which I had up at Dark City, mm-hmm. which was by far and away the beer of the festival for me. Um, that was close to being my cast beer of the year. But then I remembered that I had Thornbridge Jaipur at the Tap Room. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm going to get it mentioned twice.
0: <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't... In, in the end, it was the experience of drinking the, the beer at the brewery <coughs> That, that won that for me so um, pretty much a, a joint award okay again.
1: so we, we've both gone for the same first beer yeah okay so my my, uh, <clears throat> my reason Adam's Go Ship as everyone knows is what is one of my go to well it's my go to beer if you look at my untapped, it's definitely my go to beer definitely <laughs> um, I, I, I'm lucky enough where I am to have it quite re- be able to get it quite regularly on cask as well um, I love it in the bottle and also my train company when I get the in-city train that's one of their cans that they have as well so I'm, I'm exposed to it quite often um, the Five Points Railway Porter I had a bottle of it recently and it just reminded me of the couple of times this year when I had it on cask and one of the times was in the summer and it's so good well I mean Railway Porter about 4.5% percent mm. And there's so much flavour in that 4.5%. And yes, I love it in bottle, in cask. It's a beautiful, beautiful beer. Uh, the 4 I Jaipur. I've always loved Jaipur. It was my craft beer awakening moment back in 2011. Um, but this year I've been exposed to a bit more of it either by ordering it online or by drinking almost a whole stock of it in Sheffield at the start of December, wherever I saw it. Especially in the Sheffield Tap, which we managed to visit on the Friday, the Saturday, and the Sunday. Yep. <laughs> in a in a less than forty eight hour period, we visited the Sheffield Tap three times, and I think I fairly much had Thornbridge Dry Port consistently every beer I had in there. It was the only beer you would drink in that place. Okay, yeah. and it was absolutely brilliant. Also, because I don't get it on cask enough. Every now and again, I see it on keg. Don't get it on, on cask very often. Mm. The cask is beautiful. Five point nine percent. It's actually not. It's not sessionable, is it? Not all. No, it's uh, five point nine. Yeah. That's not sessionable. Um, but flavour profile and drinkability, I do think it is sessionable. And although I've not had it in its homeland, and I'm still not bitter about that at all, um, it's definitely my my cask beer of the year this year. Just because, and also because that luck because where I've had it, the Sheffield tap. At the train station in Sheffield, as you said before, and no matter how well you say, it, you don't do it justice. It's a beautiful building. It is a beautiful building,
0: and and it's 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 a permanent line, yeah, in, in there as well. So they
1: know how to look after it. Yeah, and that they had looked after that weekend. Yeah.
0: As well. So so like I say, I mean, you know, without all joking aside, it was um, the it was the drinking of it. In the Thornbridge building, that that did push that to the beer of the year for, for me, the cask beer of the year for, for me, because without a doubt that legitimate industry's cherry Belgian quad was fucking
1: outstanding. And oh, I mean that little picture you took it, of it. Yeah, it and it, it was amazing. What it, percentage was
0: that? It was like eleven or something percent. It was ridiculous, but it just it, and it didn't even taste it. Um, so, you know, for, for, a, for, for a while, that was going to take it. And then I was like, no, nah, I, I had Jai at Thornbridge. And, and that's, that's but, the only way you can... But when then, you get a beer at the taproom...
1: But don't you think that's it? I mean, you had it at the taproom at the Thornbridge, as close as you could have it yeah. to where it's made. I had it at what could be classed as one of its spiritual homes. Yes. Because near enough everyone Absolutely. who works at Thornbridge yeah. seems to live in Sheffield yeah. or the Sheffield area. And that is part of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Especially with, if you're talking about cask or keg, it's where you have it as well. Mm-hmm. Because bottle or can is where we're at home.
0: Yeah, but the environment plays, plays a lot to Plays it. a part, yeah. and I think
1: that was definitely part of my, as much as I love Thornbridge Daipor, part of it is where it was, and who I was yeah. with. And some of it I can remember as well. <laughs> only some of it. Only some of it.
0: Um, and then just my third choice, Traxanama, a beer that I have consistently said is probably the best beer at its ABB in the UK. Yeah, so for, for, um, I mean, we've had it on cask and keg yeah. this this year, but for, for me, that, that could only, that, you know, in, in terms of the other two, it's a great beer. It's a fantastic beer, um, but for, for me, those other two just
1: had something a little bit more special about them. Yeah, and, for me. you know, there's nothing to take away from Traxalonoma, and that, that would be an honourable mention for me because for a sub 4% beer. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now that's a sessionable beer.
1: That is a Session
0: yeah. Um, So moving on um, to our Keg Beer of the Year, and and I'll take the lead on this one. I think that's appropriate. (laughs) Um, In third place, um, I've gone for Magic Rock's Kentucky Common Grounds, which was our first beer (laughs) when we walked into the Leeds International Beer Festival. What else would you have when you go into a beer festival? 7% worked really well at that point. And then again my first and second place I struggled over um, because they were both beers that I enjoyed in their tap rooms, and they were both beers that tasted amazing in that environment. And and eventually what won won out here was the day and what that day bought. So in in second place is Buxton's Axe Edge, which I once again was lucky enough to enjoy at the the tap house in, in Buxton. And they've opened. A, they have opened a, t- a, a tap room at the brewery. A tap room at the brewery, yeah. brewery yeah, now, haven't yeah, yeah. they? Yeah. Um, but the, the winner of my keg beer of the year is Stone IPA at the Stone Bistro in Berlin. I'm fine about it <laughs> because I was just like for, for a long time. Again, Buxton's Axe Edge was winning this, and then I, and then I sat down for a moment. And I was like, yeah, but that day in Berlin, and I was like, yeah. Stone IPA was amazing. So then, um
1: I think Clayton put that as late shouts yeah. on Twitter as well, didn't he? Yeah. Stone I, think was, IPA. I think that was it's about the day as well, isn't it? Because that day you were there, as I've said before. It was beautiful. You had one of those beautiful autonomous, clear blue sky days. It looked wonderful, the building, the beer, got to chat to a few people. It's it was
0: great. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, so that, that, those are my those are my top three. I mean that's, that's a that, I mean that is, that's, a, that's
1: a very good top three. Um, Keg beer of the year in third place is the aforementioned Traxonoma. Interesting, you went for the cake version. Yes, overcast. I know. Saturday, I that's, did, that's, re- that's really <laughs> interesting. But I think I actually said that on the night as well. You, you did, and you've said it a few times yeah. since as well, yeah. Um, yeah. So when we, And there's not many things that, again, from the Manchester Beer Festival, it we went a bit hazy towards the end of the night, but we, we had that on Carson keg quite early on, side by side. And I did say at the time, I thought the keg version just added that little bit of life to it. Maybe because it's a bit lower ABV, just added that bit of fizz and sparkle. Number two... I think is your your number three he's the Magic Rock Kentucky Common Grounds because yes it was fabulous simply amazing wasn't it yeah <laughs> you know and as soon as we got into that Leeds Beer Festival and we were in the Magic Rock tent, which is the first thing you come into we stopped yeah we actually hadn't made it as far as the actual beer festival
0: uh, didn't one of us have to go off and buy tokens to then come back to be able to no. pay
1: for the beer oh I thought I know I saw those out of oh, okay. yeah. yeah, and it was like no we've got to have it yeah because it might run out that's I don't think I, I never heard it did no but that's the wiring, yeah. that you're always going to miss out it's yeah. got gonna, to gonna run out um, but my cake year here is the Colonel IPA at cannot secret
0: <laughs> that one <laughs> <laughs> Steve do you remember that one <laughs> we drank lots of pints of that yeah
1: so, um so, Brews. I don't remember getting home. You don't that remember night. me getting a taxi last year. No. Unless, no. Uh, yeah. So um, Andrew and Luke from Rhythm and Brews may remember this particular evening. This is when we had our meet and greet, a little bit of a discussion about what we're going to do on the show, and then we didn't bother discussing the show, and then went back to just drinking beer. Went to the Craft Beer Co. in uh, in London, and ended up just drinking Kernel IPA, not Vic Secret, which is, comes in at about 67 percent and just carried on I'd I'd have to give that one an honourable mention it's definitely because I I think
0: I actually that was one of my that was beer of the month
1: for me yeah it was our beer of the month the same month yeah
0: yeah, but didn't quite make it into my top three
1: I just thought it was just I can still picture us just drinking it and thinking how good it was yeah it was a great beer and again another brewery which doesn't quite get the headlines yeah so right. we've
0: got the, the final beer in our I time. have poured
1: the final beer. I haven't quite poured the whiskey yet. That's we, next. We do need, I'm, I'm going to do that. We do so. need the whiskey
0: to go with it. So shall I, um, shall I start off with the, the next category, which is the bottled beer of the year? Yep. Um, so again, my top three. Um, to be fair, if, if, if anybody's listened to the show in the last year... Probably my winner is going to come as no surprise in, in this category.
1: I wonder if we agree on this one. Um, I reckon we may have a, wi- a joint winner again.
0: But, but two and three have kind of been interchangeable, um, but they're both from the same brewery anyway. So in, in third place was Buxton's Battle Horse, which came back again this year, which is an amazing double black IPA at 10%, which I love every time I drink it. For the first time, I sure and you thought it was amazing I thought it was amazing you? and it, for the first time it challenged your thinking as to should I start giving fives it did I did actually question there you go the fives in, in second place was a, was a beer that I've revisited very recently as well Buxton's Wyoming Sheep Ranch which when I had it in the bottle fairly fresh just blew me away and, and it was the new it's the first time I've had the new recipe of it as well because there's, there, there, there's two recipes of it untapped there's the original version, and there's a 2016 onwards version, and it was just everything I want from a double IPA. It was crisp, clear, bitter, perfect. The winner for me in this category, though, is Time and Tide Weird Beards Call Your Friends, which we did on a show a while back, and I think after the first two sips, I may have screamed, "This is going to be my up there in my beer of the year." You did, ca- and. Categories. Um,
1: I wouldn't necessarily disagree with your your interpretation because that was, I mean, all three three of those beers we did that night were fantastic. But before I say my top oh, three, we're going to have a drink now,
0: aren't we're we? We're going
1: to so have a drink. So we got the 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 oladu.
0: Cheers. It's much lighter on the nose
1: than the last nice yeah. two. I'm getting see, I'm getting burnt straight away on the nose. A
0: little bit burnt sugar.
1: Yeah. It's definitely got... It hasn't got that mouthfeel.
0: It's a lot lighter. Yeah. I think the... I mean,
1: We've we basically stepped down to session now, haven't we? At
0: uh, 8%. Absolutely. I think maybe the... The whisky's a little bit more pronounced, in it? Mm-hmm. There's, there's some creamy flavours. I've, I've always kind of... I don't know what it is about this beer, but I've always really thought of it like a liquid bread and butter pudding. Mm. It it's kind of got that... That's and interesting. The, because the, 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 the breadiness I get, the sweetness from the raisins, yeah. and that burnt sugar—it's it's kind of all in there for me.
1: So I've poured a wee dram of the of the Highland Park nineteen ninety eight. I've added a, a little splash of water.
0: Is, is that a thing to do
1: with whiskey? Then I'm sure people would disagree, but for me, I don't want to add a mixer and I don't want to add ice. But for me, I add a little bit of water just to impart the flavour. Okay, like, it, it works for me. Cheers. Steve, for the benefit of the listeners, has pulled his cider saison farmhouse. It's (laughs) like
0: it burnt my nostrils.
1: Whereas for me, I think this is fantastic whiskey. But you're not. Gotta say, it's
0: really smooth. It is smooth, isn't it? There's, there's no burn to that.
1: I was expecting like a
0: really boozy burn.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. I think with the Highland Park, you get you still get some of the peat, but it's not overtly that smoky peatness you get from it.
0: I don't, I don't like peatiness, no. and that's not there for me. It's not there in either of them for me. Um, not sure I'm tasting the connection at the moment, but what no. we'll see. Is it? We'll give it a go. We've still got on. a
1: few categories to go. Yeah. So. So yeah, my Bobble bottle beer. bottle beer of the year. So in reverse order, Thornbridge uh, Jaipur... Is it X or 10? What do 10. they say? They say it's, it's 10. It's 10. It's 10. It's only, uh, 10. Uh, um, I thought this year's iteration was fantastic, especially having it bang on fresh as well. I thought it tasted really, really good. I think the first Jaipur 10 was a bit gloopy at times. Um, it wasn't... It didn't make me think of Jaipur, whereas I thought the Jaipur 10 this year did. Um, at second place was the Weird Beard Sadako Magic Rock Other Half Half Cut and um, I thought that was um, a really really good collaboration and not necessarily one I was expecting to really enjoy we, we really enjoyed drinking yeah. that when we did it as I a think, beer of the month that really caught us out yeah, I think because I wasn't month, expecting yeah. that um, but the winner same as yours Steve is the Time and Tide Weird Beard Call Your Friends I
0: mean that was a revelation wasn't it yeah. that beer I mean, it was. this is how you do a black IPA. Yeah, because it had... With a little bit of
1: coffee. Yeah, it had It had the hoppiness, it had the bitterness, but it didn't have those overtly roasted notes to it, which is, I think, what kills a black IPA for me. Yeah. Because if it has that overtly roasted notes for it, it becomes a stout or a porter.
0: It's a, it's a hoppy stout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want a black IPA to taste like an IPA. If I was doing it blind, I wouldn't know it was dark.
1: Yeah. And that one ticked all the boxes. I think I've still got one at home. Oh, you jammy bastard.
0: <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head which episode it was that we did that on, um, but there'll be a link in the show notes. You can go back and listen to yeah. us marvelling over, call, call your friends. <laughs> um, so let's move on to canned beer of the year, which was for me was was a struggle because I hadn't actually been... Separating. Yeah, yeah cans you hadn't really bottles. done that and I'd start to do um, a bit more. So, so
1: sh- should I go first on this one? Well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on, you go first, because you, you had done a bit more work on this. Yeah,
1: so in in third place, and I've uh, I've fallen out of love a little bit with Cloudwater Water this year. Just because I thought felt their beers were becoming a bit samey. But however, their Vic Secret Sour IPA I thought was fantastic. I thought it had the right right amount of sourness. And still felt like an IPA. It was incredibly drinkable. Had one of the beer tastings at work. Went down really well, but still a couple of cans left over for me and Clayton to share. So I was happy with that.
0: Always happy. Uh,
1: Magic Rock Cryo Baby came in at number two, which I think we we did earlier early in the summer. That
0: one. Oh, yeah, well on.
1: Yeah. We tried that one, um, but number one was a very late entrance. It's the Magic Rock Formbridge collaboration Exhortation. So the I'm session IPA. That yet. Well, it's, it's December.
0: We've not actually published. Doesn't it's matter. So. It's December. Okay, fair enough. You can you can you can have it because it's a bloody great beer. It's fantastic. Yes, it's everything I yeah. want
1: in the class of session IPA. Yeah.
0: So, so I didn't really log this one, so I had to go back, um, literally using Untapped on, on this one now. Out out of my. Um, 12 are you able to search on can yeah oh see how if, I- if you download your spreadsheet you can how useful it. that yeah um, the, the only beer in this list that actually won a beer of the month was
1: Pirate Life's double IPA you see that won my beer of the month in March or February time March yeah we, we both had yeah. that as our beer of the month but which, because we're new UK beers which, which is
0: an amazing beer and then, unsurprisingly, the rest of my canned beers throughout the year fluctuate between Jackhammer and Cannonball. So so I had to then make a decision between which one was better. Okay, so um, where, where have we got to? So, at, at number two, I went for Brewdog Jackhammer. Um, because I, I, I think Brewdog did something to Jackhammer this year that made it great again. I don't know... Or I don't know whether it was that Brewdog did something or whether the market did something to other beers that made Jack Hammer great again.
1: I would go for the latter. But and also we had a gap between. We did. You might feed, you might find in your untapped feed there's a bit of a gap between your Jack Hammer check-ins as well. Yes, there was. There was a massive gap because we had a Jack Hammer night with Pete, didn't we?
0: Yeah. And then again. and it carried on yet. Yeah. Um, but th- the only reason that. Well, not the only reason well the, yeah, the reason that magic rock cannonballs took this for me was that it got my canned i' got my best beer of the month because, and this was using untapped stats for August, September, <laughs> and October, and that was because all three of those months were from the same batch that was brewed late in august, which were, which was a point at which I thought cannonball had rarely reached. Um, so that that's that that's my canned beer of the year is is Cannonball. So, so, so we've gone through all the all of the categories. We've now got to come up with our top three beer beer, beer. beer of the year um, as we continue our way through this. So, whiskey. so what do you think?
1: I mean, flavour profile. I still think this is holding up well.
0: I think it's holding up very well. I, I was worried about doing this at the end yeah. because it is an like ABV, but obviously it had the backup of the the, the, whiskey, the whiskey as well. Shot. Um, I, I think yeah I think it is light on the mouth feel.
1: because this is your favourite out of the range because they they do the uh, beer in 12 year old barrels 16 year old barrels and 18 year old barrels and occasionally like. they do a few specials around yeah. that
0: I, I mean I I love the Oladu series because they've done the 30 year old as well haven't they yeah I absolutely love the series this one for me is the one that's probably most accessible most drinkable It's it's got a lot of flavour going on in there It's it's the flavors are all there. Like I say, to, to me, it's just it is look, it's like liquid brandy pudding. I love it. I, I think it's brilliant.
1: I think it's a really easy drinker. I mean, again, we've dropped down six percent plus, yeah, to an eight percent beer. It's very light in comparison, but I do think it is very drinkable. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm a bit more of a whiskey drinker than you. I don't really see. I, I, I'm not getting maybe someone else would get it and I won't um, but I en- I'm enjoying drinking the both together but I don't really see the comparison mm-hmm.
0: I'm not I'm not sure I do but hey it's the end of the year so let's do it who cares a bit, yeah. um, come on let's do this right.
1: beer, beer of the year right so uh, who's going first are we going first we going... no so we're going to go third, third second, first. so um, should we go third and third second and second first yeah, and third. yeah let's do it right. so in third place and this is a beer I haven't mentioned um, but Weirdly, because of the way we've done our lists, it did end up as a beer of the, of the month, is the aforementioned Magic Rock Cannonball, which I believe ended up in keg at the Iron House. It did. And we drank quite a lot of it. We drank lots of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was tasting bang. I think we It's both...
0: like they know us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like Terry knows, oh, I yeah. know what, they're turning up. I'd have something with a green label. Yeah. So yeah, in third place, Magic Rock Cannonball on keg.
0: My third place was the legitimate legitimate industries, which I struggled to stay. It's a real shame. It
1: it's a real shame you picked that one. <laughs> it is um, the cherry Belgian quad for, for me took third place. Okay, not surprised. Um, in second place for me is the Time and Tide Weird Beard. Call your friends.
0: Second place for me is Thornbridge Japal. Ooh, cask
1: um, from the brewery. That pauses me swearing <laughs> under my breath using words we can't display on air. Um, for me, beer of the year is Formbridge pour on Cars from the Sheffield Tap.
0: For me, beer of the year, and again, this will come as no surprise to anyone that's listened back to previous shows, was the weird beer time and tide Call Your Friends, which absolutely blew me out of the water. And okay. There has not been a beer that has, that there have been beers as good as that but none of them had the impact that that beer had on me in terms of the first few sips of it.
1: Oh, you said it straight away. Yeah, you said it on air and you said it off yeah. air as well. I mean, so R one and two are reversed. So, so possibly,
0: therefore, if we were doing a collective opinions beer of the year,
1: it's dry pour and time and tide. You, beer, you beers. can't split them. No.
0: Yeah. So congratulations to, to both Time and Tide, Weird Beard, and, and Thornbridge.
1: Yeah, you've made our beers one and two of the year.
0: Absolutely, and obviously we are going to both follow this up with a fully detailed Golden Pints blog.
1: Yeah, we're, we. in writing we can pronounce a lot of these words as well.
0: Yes, we, we, we can, and you're, you're, you'll do it on your, your blog, which will yep. be in the show notes, and um, people can find mine, obviously, on our site. So... As we finish off this beer, we just need to listen, um, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> we just need to hear from our listeners one more time this year. And it's been quite a lot. Let us know, write it down, let us know,
1: write it down, let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness, write it down.
0: So first up, um, and this, some of these go back to a few weeks back. So John Rogers at J.M. Rogers 2000, giving camera selection the best bottle of beers, have they conclusively stated that they are completely out of touch with the current quality beer world? All three winners are decent beers, but can be bettered by anybody with an open-minded craft experience. Yes or no? No. Agreed. Next up is uh, Paul at, at UNRCD. RCD. So, now on to the fifth bottle of the Fullers and Friends beers, and overall they have been really good. On the Water one, I agree with us, with us, that's the beer clock show, us. <laughs> um, it's a proper collaboration. If I was given, if it was given to me blind, I wouldn't have guessed it's M. It's good though, and I think we—that's essentially what. Yeah, we, and Sam. I saw
1: I saw a few comments about it where people said, "Oh, it wasn't enough cloud water," but you've got to remember, it's full as, as well as cloud it's water. As blue, yes, yes.
0: Um, and then from Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, one thought struck me listening to last week's show: Do people trust cans? I mean, quality-wise, I still find there are more than there should be with quality issues. Surely that dampens the in-the-game image.
1: Yes, I think there are quality issues, because i on record as saying, I don't want sludge in my cans, because I can't judge it if it's in the yeah. can.
0: I think let's just, let's just get that sorted out. That would be my one wish for 2018. Just make let's, the can clean. Let's get cans sorted out. Uh, Jamie Smith at JSmith360. Listened to the podcast earlier at work. Came home to find Die Hard on the telly. Cheers. Cheers. Um, Nothing to add to that. (laughs) No, keeping with that theme, The Owl Lady at The Owl Lady, I'm actually doing this watching Die Hard and drinking beer. How's that for dedication? Hashtag never seen Die Hard. Um, Stephen Bell, at Stephen Bell 2006, love the podcast, lads. Nothing better than drinking a few beers and listening to your dulcet tones. Cheers. I I love the description of dulcet tones. Yeah, dulcet tones. That's what does it for me. And then we mentioned this one earlier, um... Mark Johnson's one of Mark Johnson's posts specifically referenced that it was on the back of a discussion <laughs> that we had on the show and this was the other drinks are available it's pretty easy to negotiate the Christmas period and other occasions without good beer and there'll be a, there'll be a link to that in the show notes and then finally there are two thank yous that we need to make uh, firstly to Joe Hill at Multiplex Rants who mentioned us in his golden pints um, we are very very grateful mm. for any thank you very much uh, Joe and any golden pints that we pick up and then to again Paul at UNRCD had a great year of all things beer related thanks to my favourite podcasts at Beer O'Clock Show at Good Beer Hunting at MBB Podcast at Beer Melcon at The Beer Podcast and at Sipping Fullcast so we're almost at the end of the year mate we are we are just finishing off the Ola Do
1: I can see why this is your favourite out of three it's just, it's really easy to drink. It's isn't accessible, it? isn't it?
0: Yeah. You could have a, you could easily have a stock of this in your cupboard and just go to it whenever you wanted it, I, I, I think. There's, there's, yeah, there's whenever nothing. you wanted that sort of end of the evening. You couldn't do that with the other two beers. No. They're, they're occasion beers, they're special occasion beers. Um, let's just go back to the, the, the things that we think differentiated the three beers. Yeah, okay. So w- w- with the Irish beer, or or the the Irish whiskey, we were talking dark fruits, dark chocolate and it was warming without any bourbon. Mm -hmm. With with the bourbon we said it was very sweet, Um, there was some burnt wooden toast in Mm -hmm. there and and maybe a little bit of a roasted finish on on, on it that maybe wasn't present with the others. And then from the scotch, it's a very light feel to it, Um, maybe a little bit sweet, a little bit raisiny on, on, on the finish. And, and maybe some, you know, some soft fruit flavours yeah.
1: to, to, to accompany that. Um, oh, oh, actually, they've all been a lot more different than I they're expected They're distinctly them to different be. from one another, aren't yeah. they? Very different. And yes, um, I suppose if you had done it ABV, we would have gone the the 200 Fathoms, then we would have done the Bourbon County 2015. But I actually quite like the way we did it at the end. I, th-
0: I think it's worked. Yeah.
1: Surprisingly. I think the last one has worked because we've got the whiskey with it as well. yes because it's the, the whiskey adds a bit of an edge to the whole flavour profile. Still not, for me, I'm loving the Highland Park because I like Highland Park whiskey anyway. I'm loving the All I don't quite see how the two are matching up. I'll be honest about that.
0: No, no I don't. I mean it would have been, if we were gonna again do it properly, we probably would have got whiskey samples from the other barrels that the other beers. Yeah. But y- you know, as, as it happens, this is all we had. Um, so, um, that's us for this year. That's
1: 2016. We are not recording again. Eight. Is it 2017? Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Unless you've got in your TARDIS and gone back it Oh, it's possible. Back, back a year. In my head. Um, yeah. Um, we've, we're going to take a, a few weeks off now, as, as we always do in, in January. Yep. Um, we're going to... You can expect, um, finally, to, to hear the interview that I did with... Um, Thomas Terrell, the head brewer at Stone. Yep, that's coming uh, out soon. Th- that will be out in January, um, and we will be back towards the end of January with our normal sort of shit yeah. that you enjoy listening <laughs> and to. And there'll
1: be there'll be a few collaborations, and there'll be a few specials along the way. Yeah, and January may not be completely bank for you, so yeah, no, keep your ears open. Absolutely, and if if
0: there's if there's anything that you'd like us to feature on the show let's us know Use just use that hashtag opinions let's know your thoughts on this show let us, your th- let us know your thoughts on what you'd like us to, to, to feature in the future I'm clearly struggling with words because of <laughs> alcohol, <laughs> alcohol. Oh, I, I think it's probably best we, we, we finish right now I'm just, I, I just want to finish by saying thank you to every single person that listens to this every single person that engages with us when we do the polls on a Sunday night, and every single person that just uses the hashtag and just asks us questions and get involved. W- without you guys, we are nothing. And and that, that that's not the beer talking. Maybe no. it's a little bit of the beer talking. But
1: no, no, I like I like exactly what Steve said. But I'll also add an extra thank you to my my controller, who runs the show and also does all the hard work as well. I turn up, I drink beer, I chat about it, and Steve does all the work. So cheers cheers, cheers Christmas.
0: Christmas 2018 yeah.